Welcome everyone to Polk and Kush. It is Thursday, June 15th, 2023, and I bet you thought you'd never hear us again, did you? That's why you sound like a ghost right now, because we're, <laughs> we're back from the dead. Yes. Uh, truth be told, there's not jack shit going on in the sports world. No. So we've let the news build up a little bit, so we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, simultaneously, uh, Polk's working like a dog. Daddy's over here driving everywhere in the world. <laughs> uh, so we took a couple weeks. And I think it's been nice, and I'm very glad to be back uh, right here behind the microphone with you, pal. Yeah, I, I feel like we're back in the saddle again. Yes. It's like riding a bike. Heck. <laughs> uh, any, any other cliches we can uh, pop in there? <laughs> it's like riding a bike in a city that is not New Orleans. Very easy to do. You never forget. Was that not the most depressing? Where they're like, New Orleans leads the the nation in a death capital for cyclists. It was like, come on, really? Oh yeah. I was like, we have the we have the, the murder capital and the just guys getting clipped on bicycles and dying. I feel like we invented the ghost bike. You know, when somebody gets hit on a bicycle <laughs> the, and dies, the and then bike. you spray paint it white and leave it there. I've seen people riding the white bicycles. Oh, they God. have stolen the ghost bike. That's you know a slice of karma that you really have to be uh, so blissfully unaware that I'm almost jealous. I hope we don't start doing ghost cars. <laughs> like in East New Orleans, that would be brutal. Just a bunch of Kias spray-painted white all over the road. Uh, they should have spray painted all those tires, man. <laughs> I uh, I went to uh, I went to Austin this weekend, last weekend, and I got in my friend's car and he had a Kia and I was like, oh Jesus! <laughs> Do you know what's going? He was like, no, I didn't know. No, not a th- I leave it unlocked. The keys in it. <laughs> Sometimes people come over and wash it for you know for fun. <laughs> Good Samaritans. It's a different world over there. I know, man. I uh, yeah. Meanwhile, I was at Disney World, which is like. The ultimate cross-section now of life. I, I, I just can't even get over uh, how weird the clientele is at Disney World. You have like the fattest, grossest people in the world on rascal scooters spending just like gobs of money on everything. And then now you have like incredibly wealthy international people especially. And so you see both sides of it. And, like it's just like so, it's crazy that the, there's no other place really maybe like some sporting events but even then for the most part you can't really tell like the cross section that is at disney world is like the world disney now is saudi princes and line cooks from ralph and cacus and one of them saved up forever this is their only trip ever they're gonna go on that and they're gonna like go on a cruise once so they are not going to let you and your family get in the way of their good time. Were they were they hostile at Disney? It seems like 
I see videos of fistfights at Disney every single day. The only hostile people at Disney to me were my own children. Okay. They were quite hostile. They were fighting they you, were fighting cutting me. in line, yes. spitting in your face. <laughs> They're just yelling at me to uh, go to X, Y, and Z place all the time. And as I'm like sweating, like the world is about to end. And um, Was there any uh, reprieve for you? Did you get to enjoy an adult's night on, uh, what is it, like Paradise Island? <laughs> Have, they have a, a, an area that's called the Yacht Club. Oh. I did go down there for dinner one night. It looks like, you know, a yacht club, except for it's next to Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> you can take the Skyliner there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was able to get away a little bit. It was nice. I I don't know if it's Stockholm Syndrome that like I, I've had to go so many times now. I kind of like it. Yeah. I sort of dig it. I wouldn't say I'm like a Disney person because the second you start to say things like, I kind of like it. Can't say that. I think of like my friend who has annual passes and lives in Tennessee. Whoa. And I'm like, dude, that I mean, that is such a commitment. But like we're going to go at least like for 20 days a year to Disney World, which is nuts unless you live in Florida. Yeah. Because it's it's at least a thousand dollars a bop, right? Oh, it's more cr- than that for one of the for like an annual pass. Yeah, it's at least yeah. Even with Probably the pass, if you're going in there, people aren't just standing around with their hands in their pockets. Yeah. They're getting the lightsabers. Oh yeah, they're getting the Mickey ears. Seven dollars for a Mickey ice cream bar that and your what, kid can just <laughs> drop all over himself. This sounds like you're speaking from yeah. experience. I was like, you know, I was thinking of what what is a way I can not only spend seven dollars but also make my kids absolutely disgusting <laughs> to the point where I can't touch them the remainder of the day. <laughs> I was like, this. I think the Mickey ice cream bar is exactly where I need to go right now. Now, when you were at Disney, do children come up to you and think you're Stitch? <laughs> <laughs> so, a great thing has happened recently. So, my son. Uh, we watch. We have the TVs in the back of the car, right? Yeah. And uh, Toy Story Two is on pretty com pretty common, and the bad guy in Toy Story Two, voiced by Newman, is a <laughs> bald guy, <laughs> fat bald guy who's the bad guy, and he has a goatee. And every time he comes on the screen, my son goes, "Daddy, oh, look, it's Daddy." No. <laughs> He's the toy guy, right? Yeah, he's yeah. like the chicken man. And I'm like, this is really unfortunate. <laughs> this might be the ugliest character Disney has ever written. <laughs> this is why representation matters. <laughs> we need a fat, bald Little Mermaid. <laughs> and he's like, Daddy. I was like, oh, no. Oh, jeez. Well, he kind of looks like Newman, if I recall. Well, yeah, because yeah, he voices it. Yeah. So it was... Uh, my wife's like, that should be a wake-up call. I was like, do you think I didn't know I was fat and bald until just now? I was like, she's like, well, maybe you'd shave your beard. I was like, that would only make me look fatter and balder, I gotta tell you. Like, thy horrible beard distracts from the fatness and the baldness that's going on. Well, if your kids ever saw me, they would think I'm the bad guy from the first Toy Story. That's true. Sid? Sid. I'm always wearing a black t-shirt with a skull (laughs) on it. I have a dog named Scud. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen each of those movies. So I was watching uh, that uh, trivia, The Dozen, and they have like a niche category for all of them. And I thought for... One second, I was like, what would my niche category be? And it's like unquestionable now. It's like Toy Story 1, 2, 3, 1 through 3. Since owning that minivan, I have listened to those movies 
200 times a piece. <laughs> I can tell you every single line that's coming up in Toy Story 1 through 3. We got to figure out a way to exploit this. How are we going to do that? <clears throat> Maybe I like a, way to make some money a off trivia that. night somewhere for Disney geeks. Oh, man. I would just crush it. I don't know anything else. Yeah. But I got that. <laughs> <laughs> you could be blindfolded like an old kung fu master. And you would just know from the sounds. Uh-huh. I don't mean, like I'm just trying to think of one question that anyone could ask about those movies that I would not. I guess anything visually. Be like, what was yeah. on the screen? Be like, I have no idea. I'm just <laughs> listening to it in the car while I drive around like the world's worst Uber driver. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the world's lowest paid Uber driver. That's basically what I get to do. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, speaking of Uber drivers, when we got back from Austin, it was like, you know, Austin's really nice. It's clean. Everybody's yeah. friendly. Everywhere's open, fully staffed. Just everything's nice. We got off the plane, and I was like, let's not get an Uber. Let's go with the real taxi. Mm. And we got a ride from hell directly. <laughs> it was actually Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I'm not like super easily rattled. And when I got out of that thing, I was shaking like a leaf (laughs) on a tree. It was unfortunately a woman (laughs) and she was of unknown origin and she had a dirty rag over the meter and a dirty rag over the credit card thing. Oh boy. And she took off and my girlfriend still had the sliding door open and she just took off with the door open. But luckily, we hit a cone that got stuck in the sliding door, so she had to stop. And then my girlfriend removed the cone, shut the door, and then we went on Dragula's Hell Adventure. <laughs> that was a better ride than anything I left. She was flashing the lights and honking at people. Oh and I'm like, God. if we don't crash, we're going to get shot in the face yeah, by somebody. And say. she is right up on them. Oh, my God. How much does the ride end up being? Uh, well, she was furious because I was like, I have a card and you have to take cards. So she yeah. took the filthy rag <laughs> off of the machine. And of course, the meter wasn't running. No. Yeah. So she had to like type it all in there. And she was like, do you want to leave a tip? I'm like, you're in my driveway. So I have to. Like, no. It was brutal. That's fantastic. What can you do? No. This yeah. is the benefit of Uber. They have ratings. Yeah. You see who the person is. I'll never find this person again in <laughs> no. my life. What do you have to do to lose your cab license? You know, like what has, you'd have to be able to call the cab company and give them like their number. Like it will never happen. Yeah, I don't. I just expect like, especially at this point, like they're all Uber drivers who failed who are there, right? I it yes, <laughs> it was it was reverse collateral. I was Jamie Fox and she was Tom Cruise, driving us to kill a bunch of people. It was Queen Latifah? Was that the taxi movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. So glad to be back. There's been a lot going on. Uh, Obviously, the sports world, there has been a whole lot in the last few days. Uh, You might recall uh, if you have been, you know, hiding under some sort of bunker. uh, Zion Williamson, you might remember him. Uh, Turns out guy likes sex. Ah, interesting. Not only. Did Mr. Zion Williamson uh, get a girl pregnant? Mm-hmm. Which congratulations to Zion on being a dad. Very nice. That's going to be very exciting for him. Uh, then another woman who he's apparently had a relationship with, who I guess is a pornographic uh, actress, uh, was not happy about the development of Zion having mm-hmm. a child with someone else. 
and uh, proceeded to take to Twitter and blast him to the sun <laughs> in a way that I've never seen anyone to the point where like we all, we all just thrive on drama, mm-hmm. especially on social media. We just want the gossip and we want everyone to talk. We want to know every little detail of every little thing. And by the third or fourth day of this woman tweeting, literally everyone was just like, please stop. Just please. I've, we've all had enough. Like, I can't read any more of your disappointment in Zion and how many ways you can just call him out for being terrible. Now, is this uh, is this predicament unique to the situation or is this what every woman wants to do when they find out their man is with somebody else? It has to be, right? They just don't have the platform for it. I looked at her Twitter before we started recording, and she had tweeted within six minutes oh of boy. us hitting record. She has only like 6,300 tweets. Oh, God. So, <laughs> so I, she the just... account's only been active for four days. <laughs> she started like a new account. <laughs> She's got to be deleting them or something. I This is how old I am. When I read her uh, screed originally, I was like, BM? This is bowel movement. <laughs> oh no, is this another Zion health? BM is baby mama. <laughs> I follow like Whataburger <laughs> and you know, parents. Yeah. They're not saying BM very much in the context of baby mama. <laughs> This woman, uh, she needs to buy the check mark. I think oh, at this yeah. point. I think it's required. Uh, honestly, she she tore into Zion in almost every way imaginable. She called him fat several times. She said he was sloppy. Unbelievable. She, she we said, would never I do never, that. We'd never do that. She was saying he's a bad teammate. Uh, I mean, literally, like you can't name one. Th- she, the amount of tweets she had, you can't name one thing at this point that she didn't uh, basically call him out for so it was really a tour de force zion for his part uh still showed up at whatever charity event he went to he declined to answer questions <laughs> his, his stepfather was like believe nothing of what you see and half of what you hear or i don't know the reverse of that uh which means literally nothing this is all definitely true i mean there's almost no doubt this is yeah true. the question is do we care i don't care i find it to be hilarious but i don't it doesn't mean anything there's, there were people who said that you should get rid of Zion because this is so embarrassing. It's like Zion having sex with two people is not embarrassing, guys. I think you would be hard-pressed to find an NBA player that does not like laying down with ladies. I mean, it's just ridiculous, the idea. This guy's, what, 22 now? Yeah. Billionaire, superstar. When he plays, he's one of the greatest in the league. What do you want him to do? <laughs> you want him to settle down like Little House on the Prairie and just pop out two and a half little kids in bonnets? No, this guy likes to party. He doesn't like to party. Yeah. This is his party. Exactly. He doesn't go out and get drinks. He doesn't fight people. He's not even on social media, really. Let him hang out with some broads. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I, I, the reaction to it was so... Ludicrous, like, it's embarrassing to Gail Benson. Like, Gail Benson, you think she has any idea what's going on on Twitter right now? <laughs> like, who gives a crap? This is literally just a, a scorned girlfriend who's saying stuff. Like, these guys 
this is common and not necessarily the level at which was called out, but like the fact that he's, you know, sleeping around. That's a significantly if you were to pick the problems that Zion Williamson has had since arriving in New Orleans, sleeping around with multiple women is number five thousand on the list of issues that we have with Zion right now. Yeah. The only way Gail is gonna find out about this is if Reader's Digest covers it. <laughs> Or the uh, the Catholic Daily News, or whatever it is, you know, the the Clarion Herald, is that what it's called? The Catholic paper? I think it really shows how much public favor on Zion has turned, because I'm sure there are tons of players that have been in situations very similar to this, probably even with equal amounts of tweeting and drama along with it, and the fact that the media has just, like, drilled in on this and keeps going after it and they keep mentioning the tweets and she keeps tweeting it just seems very pointed for something that doesn't matter when there have been so many things with zion that do matter and are strange and have big question marks around them that everybody is fine ignoring yeah completely this is it's absurd yeah and honestly it, it it should not even be in the conversation about zion considering uh, reports have come out this week, and, and you know we've talked to people around the team. Uh, Scoot Henderson, who is probably going to be the number two pick in the draft, has become like the apple of the Pelicans' eye. They are uh, pretty obviously trying to go get him somehow, some way, uh, from the Hornets, who currently have the second pick. It almost feels like you have to trade uh, Zion or Ingram, probably Zion, in order to get up to get him. And... I don't know what that means. Like trading Zion was unthinkable, uh, literally unthinkable two years ago. Mm -hmm. And even in December, it was still pretty much unthinkable. Now you have reached a point where like you're willing. I think most people would be willing to depart with him for the right prospect, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. And I think you have to give him another opportunity to see if he can be healthy, but it is a very real thing. And I think if you trade him, it's it's reasonable. And I think it's reasonable to trade Ingram uh, as well. I, I don't think this is the core that you can have, but at the same time, you do want to give them a shot to play together. Everybody just wants to see Zion on the court. Yeah. And I don't think Scoot, I mean, Scoot is not a once in a lifetime player. Yeah, I mean, well, who knows? But yeah, he'll probably be an all-star type guy. Like at this he's point, he's not LeBron, you know. At this point, when Zion had not been drafted, yes, he's a once-in-a-lifetime all-star player. Scoot yeah. is not at that level. I think the the real problem with this is we just think that Charlotte's going to go. Oh, sure, I know. Yeah, why They're, would they do it? Why would they? This is a huge upside rookie that they're not going to have to pay a ton of money to yeah and charlotte is in a similar-ish position to new orleans is in that they don't really have a core they don't have a lot going on yeah and the, and there's no rush for them to get good right now yeah like well you don't need to go get brandon ingram who's significantly older and is a one-time all-star like why would you trade and and if you it, it really doesn't make sense unless you have to give up a whole bunch of first-round picks, too. So there's this concept. I think, personally, here, everyone sort of overrates Brandon Ingram of what he is. He's a good player, but he's not a 
he's not a great player. He's not. He's never been an All NBA team, uh, so he's not that dude. Uh, and then Zion, who really is that dude, but never plays. So why? And he's about to make a ton of money this year. So why would you trade for him either? So it's like, I understand the Pelicans have pieces to make a trade, but if you're Charlotte, that seems insane to do it. It also just seems it's it would be the biggest what if in Pelicans history, other than Chris Paul staying. Mm-hmm. And the Pelicans are not in a need to win right now situation. They are in a let's just see them out there situation. I know. And it would be disappointing for either player to get traded. Yeah. I think at this point, kind of the uh the fan base is not as rabid as they were about a year ago this time. Yeah, I don't, it's very quiet. I don't think it would be the sky is falling if either player is traded. Yeah. Personally, I would prefer neither player is traded for Scoot. Scoot, not a name. <laughs> That's what they write on your cup at Starbucks. That is and very like, true. Scoot, and you're like, oh, whatever. Yeah, I guess so. That's me. Uh I think he'd be a great prospect. I like the idea of putting a younger guy, especially someone who has been through what he's been through. He's not, you know, playing in Europe. He's not playing in college. He's played as a professional for I think two years now. I think he's as as ready of a like a ready made prospect as you're going to find in the draft. And I think a lot of years he'd be number one. Yeah, uh, but Wimbayana being number one this year is a no doubt. And so it kind of pushes him back a little bit in a lot of ways, like John Morant, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of drafts, John Morant would have been number one, but because he was the same year as Zion. So I think that's kind of the comparison when it comes to that. So I get it. And I do. I fundamentally don't believe this core is going to ever play enough together or is good enough together to really get over the hump. And so you have to either give yourself flexibility, which trading, you know, trading a really high price guy for a rookie would help, you know? Now, you probably you have to match the salaries, you probably take Gordon Hayward, whatever it is, just to get the money right. But that's short term. But I am for the concept of a radical change. I don't think they're going to actually be able to do it because I don't think anyone's going to agree to the trade. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a bad look that the Pelicans, who were so confident in their core last year, they changed nothing in the whole offseason. They literally went in the offseason with the sh- intention to just give everyone a contract extension and add nothing. All they did, all they added was Dyson Daniels to the team last year. This year, you have to do something more than that. You have to shake this up. It doesn't... It did not work the way they thought it was going to work. A lot of that's because of Zion, but at this point, not, there's not been a shred of good news about Zion in so long that you just can't expect this is going to just like roll out the ball in October and everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So I like the concept of a major shakeup. I don't know if this is going to be the way to accomplish it, though. I don't know how much confidence I have in the Pelicans developing young talent. Yeah. And Scoot is... Of course, a lot more developed than Jackson Hayes, Nikhil, Dyson, all those guys. Yeah. But I just haven't really seen... Herb Jones is the best example. Sure. And this will be year four for Herb? Three. Three? Yeah. He's good, but he's not, you know, 
He's a starting NBA player. Yeah. Who has taken... Who's 25. Who has taken the biggest steps with the Pelicans over the last couple of years? Him and Trey Murphy are the two answers. And that's that, right? it. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a ton of young players on this team that have not really been able to show their functionality with the team, whether that's poor decisions from Willie Green or not. It's just you don't really get to see these guys branch out and and see what they're capable of. Jose Alvarado is a fan favorite, but other than one he's a, 40 point game, yeah, like he's a mediocre what, what's player. the ceiling yeah. for that guy? And it's like he's he's great for an undrafted guy. But we saw in the Miami Heat that like undrafted players can be good. Right. Like what Jose Alvarado is doing <clears> is not unheard of. I think around here it's unheard of because it never happened before. But like you saw, it is possible to have guys who are undrafted be quality role players and he was just the first one in new orleans and people love him but he's not you know i don't think he's the sign of what's to come um it is just it, it, the question is very simple for david griffin this offseason which is do you keep this group together and give them one more shot to get healthy or do you have to make a radical change in an effort to jumpstart a languishing team and I certainly fall on the side of like, and that's because I'm a negative skeptical asshole, but like I certainly fall on the side of like, you need to completely shake this up. And I don't think anybody at this point is sacred. You can't trade CJ McCollum because he's wildly overpaid and nobody really wants him. And Zion is damaged goods. You're not going to get the value for him that you would want. I think Brandon Ingram is the guy that I would trade, but I know the Pelicans love him. They think he is the dude. And a lot of fans feel the same way. He is very well-liked among the fans. But I think if you have to pick someone who's going to get the right value back for him and who is like the, you know, would be considered a massive shakeup of the roster, I think Ingram's the guy you have to trade. I just don't think they're going to do it. Right. And it's not to say Brandon Ingram's bad. I don't think he's bad or he needs to go. But like if the path is major shakeup, Ingram to me is the most logical choice to go. Well, there's also the storyline running right now that none of this stuff is going to happen and the Zion trade is simply to quell all of the tweeting and the baby mama stuff. Sure. That could be. That seems unlikely for New Orleans to be that clever. No, and I don't think the team looked bad at any of that. No. And I don't think they're going to step in and take a bullet for Zion you know, like yeah. from a PR perspective, I think they're pissed at Zion. So it's like they're not. It's made them. It's made everyone look bad that this is running through the news. So it's like they're not going to step in and take a bullet. And where did this happen. come from? This came from from Sham Sharani at yeah. the Athletic. Yeah, he's basically said they wanted him, and and I've corroborated that with a lot of people too. Like it's it's fairly well known they really like Scoot Henderson. But guess what? So do like five other teams. Mm-hmm. And guess what? So does Charlotte. Yeah. So it's like, does it really matter? Like, there was nothing anyone could have offered the Grizzlies a couple years ago to trade for John Morant. Like, they wanted to take him. They were going to take him. They took him, and it all worked out. The same thing with Zion. They were never going to trade. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, On the court, it's worked out. Um, But so, like, I don't think it's that common to trade a high-level prospect for a, especially for a bad team like the Hornets are, to go get a really highly paid guy who's good now. Yeah. Like, there's just no purpose in that. Now, if you're, if you're trading for, you know, LeBron, that's a totally different thing. Or for 
there's a handful of guys, but I don't think Ingram or Zion are really either of them right now. Yeah, I think Zion would be more appealing to Charlotte just because it's a bigger name. It's going to get people in the seats. Sure. And it's really exciting. It would be huge news. Yes. Brandon Ingram is a better player than Zion. Yeah, and he's from North Carolina. Yeah, it, that would be fun for Hornets fans. It's not going to be a big dust-up. No, no, I agree. And, and and so I don't know how much is real to any of this. Uh, I do like the idea of it. I hope this is an interesting offseason. If they run this whole thing back, I'm just going to have to spend the next five months just going, oh, my God, they're doing this shit again. They just end up taking, the, what are they, the 14th pick, and they roll into the season like that. I mean, that that would be crazy to me, but I don't put it past them. Like they're not going to do a bad deal just so that the, for the sake of shaking things up. But I, I just, I feel no buzz about this team. I feel no excitement about this team. Yeah, uh, and I know all the bullshit we're going to hear from the after the draft, the bullshit that always comes out during summer league, where the you know fifty guys on Twitter just drool over whatever random prospects make you know, four three-pointers in the game. Uh, all that's coming. But overall, this team, I have just feel zero for at the moment. And that is a product of having watched them for the last four months, right. including how disgusting that play-in game was where everyone was healthy except for Zion and, I guess, Alvarado. It's just been very tepid the yes. last couple months. It's, that's and, a good word. And I don't think any of this is, is going to change it until something happens. It's going to be the exact same team until a core is developed, yeah. until players stay healthy, and until we see this team. I know. And I got to go in there and drink $12 Bud Lights. You got to. Rally myself into believing that this is going to be interesting. And Griff is gone Unless this is a successful season. This has got to be it for him. I think he has to know that. So would he want to take a big risk in a final swing at this thing? Or is he just going to ride it out? Yeah, I would think you'd take one big swing. And then if it, if you show at least moderate improvement, you can point to, well, here, we changed everything. And we did. And I think for self-preservation, the way to do it would be to take a big swing. Uh, and you know he's done some stuff. He's sh- he's shaken up a couple of positions. He fired the trainer who he brought in, very high price guy, very high profile guy. I think that is at least a signal that he's feeling real pressure. Uh, and that guy is, while it might not be his fault that everyone's injured, the biggest problem has been injuries. So you've at least fired someone who is on that side of the building. So maybe it's just a signal. Maybe it's just noise. Um, but it does feel like. He's feeling real pressure, and that makes me think they're going to do something. Yeah. Well, he didn't fire Zion's trainer, Mariah. <laughs> She's still around. I guess the hamstring was okay. Yeah. What's he doing in there? Do they have a swing? <laughs> He's got one of the, like a pogo stick in his back that's like pushing him up. Yeah. Who... What's going on in there? I don't know, man. She came if she s- had footage, she would have released it. Oh, right God, now. yeah, I know. She came with so many receipts, but she's got the wire transfers of him sending her like $25,000 at a time. It's like, come on, Zion. There's better ways to do this, man. And most shocking of all is that people still use and communicate through Snapchat. Uh, uh, incredible. Who's on there? I, I, I guess Zion. <laughs> Zion. Well, I was. You the- think the texts disappear on there? <laughs> they don't. Isn't that the whole purpose of Snapchat that it does disappear? Well, I guess if you've got a second phone taking the. <laughs> 
pictures of it. I don't know. That's a young man's game. This is incredible, man. Oh, poor dude. I mean, he's not poor. He's definitely not poor. If I found out anything this week, it's he's not poor. <laughs> um, his cup runneth over, in fact. So, weird week for Zion. Weird month for the Pelicans. Really important uh, couple weeks coming up. So, we will obviously keep track of it here. In the meantime, we'll take a quick break. We will come back, talk a little Saints, OTAs, a lot going on there, and then, of course, get to a little bit all right. The camps are starting. They've started. They've started. Yeah. Now it's the mandatory ones. Oh, yeah. Which everyone uh, has to go to, if I understand the word correctly. Uh, why do they not just call it practice? I don't know. What, OTA? There's OTAs. There's mini camps, training camps, all they're, this stuff. They're all so ridiculous. I'm it's gl- so much bullcrap. Like, what what are we doing here? We're watching perfect. We know who these guys are. What are you learning out there? I'm learning what Derek Carr thinks of Michael Thomas, and it's that he's upstanding. It's that he's ready to play, and it's that he's doing uh, sideline work. Yeah, and he's not practicing, right? He's doing the side stuff. <laughs> they said it. I'm not there. He's on the sides. He's wearing the big poop emoji thing on his helmet. These are absurd. I feel like the players would rather get CTE than wear these big diapers on their heads. It's it's just not a good look. It looks like a beehive. Come on, Elon. You can do... Well, maybe not. The best is that they take my... My wife is just like, wait, so they wear these in practice and they don't wear them during the games? Like, yeah, apparently you can only get a concussion in practice. <laughs> the concussions you get in practice don't count. I was like, well, if you're going to... If this makes you safer... Why would you only wear it in practice? It makes no sense. Because they know how stupid it looks. <laughs> they're like, hey, these guys, it doesn't matter. Do you imagine that in NASCAR if they were like, well, for practice, you know, we make you wear a seatbelt. But during the race, you know. Yeah, we don't want to cover up a logo on your suit. <laughs> There's nothing like this. Like, this is insane. I've been just seeing people behind a microphone, Dennis Allen, He's in there saying everything's fine. Yeah. Cam Jordan hasn't been there, but because he's old. Yeah, that's they said that was the reason, right? Is yeah. he, is he holding out for a contract? With who? <laughs> no, he's not doing that. He's playing the new Zelda. That's why he's not there. <laughs> Just like I don't feel like going. It's very hot outside. I've done this for 12 years. I don't need to do this anymore. It seems uh it seems that God has cursed New Orleans sports in many ways, but specifically that this week it's 108 degrees it every single day. It's brutal right now. I man. wouldn't want to be out there. I I, I watched uh, Taysom out there. Yeah. And, you know, this guy, I'm going to say this. I don't know if anybody's said this before. <laughs> Swiss Army Knife. He's out there throwing passes. It's like, guys, I thought we fucking got over this. Yeah, but he, we're, we're having to have him work as the third string quarterback. Come on. I know. What is the purpose? Unless they're going to throw a lot of, you know, those goofy trick plays. I don't think Derek Carr is going to do as well with those goofy trick plays, you know? No. Oh, man. It just, you can sense the same, the people who want it so bad to be good. Uh, they're going to talk themselves into it 
because it's June and there's not going to be a shred of evidence that says things are going bad. You know, you can't be like, man, the defensive line really got their ass kicked out there today, <laughs> did they? It's like, no, look at the catch Chris Olave made. That was incredible. It's a long catch. Derek Carr did whatever. It's like, you, you can't, there's nothing, there's no negative feedback to be found. So instead, it's just like, who was awesome today? And so it's just a continual, like, 12 days of who was awesome. Today and, was Olave's awesome no, day. So Olave's, you know, Nick Underhill, who I do like very much and I respect very much. So he's buying all the Chris Olave stock. Okay. Like, there's just, like, that means what? Like, how much is just, that stock? Eight and a half? <laughs> So it's like if he's bad, it's like all right. Like th- this doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Like these practice, the amount of guys who have played well in these practices, and then when it gets to October and drop four passes, you're like all right. Yeah. Like you don't remember anything. They just move on to the next guy. So I used to do pretty good in practice. <laughs> just I-, I just can't. I don't see the value in any of this. I guess for the team, it might help a little bit, but even then. I don't. Is Derek Carr really learning that much about these guys going out there practicing for an hour and a half? Like it just doesn't seem like it matters at all. August, I suppose, matters because you get a couple preseason games. You are fighting for like real depth charts, that kind of stuff. The bottom of the roster certainly. This just feels like a, a you know fellatio fest for two <laughs> hours every day. Like there's just nothing you're ever going to say that went wrong. Well, they're talking They're talking to each other. They're getting to know each other. Yeah. Derek Carr is telling Michael Thomas, like, oh, if the defender's coming up this way, I'm going to throw the ball that way. <laughs> and Michael Thomas is like, I don't give a shit. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> I've got a really sick chair and all the video games I can play. <laughs> and they're going to pay me like $20 million to do it. Derek Carr is getting a great chance to meet all these guys that are either going to be suspended or injured. He can meet Kamara, and maybe he'll play a game or two with him this season. But here's the thing. I'm talking to some people at the bar or whatever, and we're going through it. And I'm like, you know what? They do have a lot of players. Yeah. Like the running back room, if Kamara plays, especially like those that the new guy they got, Jamal he seems really good. They've got good receivers. If you you know think about like that, they got three really good receivers. If they all play, they've got a good tight end now in Foster Morrow. They've got good interior linemen. They've got a quarterback who's at least done stuff in the league. Like you're like man, like and Lattimore's still there. Like there's enough pieces here. And you're like oh my god, what did I not even think about? Their coach is the worst coach in the NFL. <laughs> the worst coach in the NFL. He has, the, has to have one of the worst records in the history of the NFL. And this guy's still the coach. And so it's like, maybe they can be good, but that seems like a gigantic handicap. The same way that last year we kept talking about the roster over and over again, and everyone just sort of didn't mention that Jameis Winston was the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just didn't come up. That it was like, oh, look at all the players all over the defense. The roster is the best roster in the NFL. I heard that like a thousand times. It was like, well, yeah, well, the quarterback stinks and the head coach is an idiot. <laughs> and now it's like, well, the head coach is an idiot and the quarterback <laughs> might not stink, but they also don't have any defensive linemen. So it's like, I, it's so easy to just to like, and I fall into the trap too of like, well, I see 10 wins on the schedule. I'll always see 10 wins on the schedule. Right. I don't know how Dennis Allen can get you to 10 wins. Dennis Allen has, has in, inspires no confidence in me. No. 
I don't know if that's different for the players on the team. I don't really like uh, how it's just kind of becoming the Raiders 2.0 on the Saints. Truly insane. Now, when you have somebody like Tom Brady come to your NFC South team that stinks, Mm -hmm. he can bring big names with him. Mm -hmm. And it's not just from his old team. Mm -hmm. So I don't really see the benefit of bringing all these Raiders here when the Raiders have uh, sucked <laughs> for the last couple of years. And, in fact, Dennis Allen was the worst Raiders head coach of all time. Yeah. So I, it, it's hard to get pumped up when you think about that. I do think the Saints have a lot of talent in a lot of specific places. I can see it going well. I can envision Derek Carr throwing the ball to Michael Thomas, Olave, Foster Morrow, Jarvis Landry. I can see it. I can envision Christina Hendricks coming in here right now. <laughs> I can see Cam Jordan and Demario Davis and Tyron Matthew and all like and Marshall Lattimore. I can see them all kind of getting like playing at the level at the which they're I can like it is reasonable. I doesn't seem like it's likely. Yeah. And that is where I keep falling that there is a faction of folks who are seeing the most optimistic side of this possible and the more likely side is that this guy's a shitty coach the quarterback's a little washed and everybody isn't quite as good as you think the offensive and defensive lines are definitely like not that stable and that usually spells doom when your lines are bad and your coach is bad it's very hard to win in the nfl coach is definitely bad i i don't know if Derek Carr. i wouldn't say Derek Carr is washed i think and this is exactly word for word what I said about Jameis. It's going to be cool to see him with some targets there out we there. Go. Finally. There we go. That's all he needed all along. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't. Well, here's the good news. This needs to be a nine-win season or the podcast is over. <laughs> I can't keep doing this I want it with to be dog shit teams. Either a three-win season or a 13-win season. I can't handle another right in the middle. Like, <laughs> oh, they're in. They could be the fourth wild card team. Two weeks left in the season. If six other teams lose, I think they got a shot, guys. Um, you know, it's like oh, two years in a row. I've been like in the last week, they've been in contention. Everybody's thought the team has sucked the entire season, and it gets the last week. They're like, oh, they can make the playoffs right now. And nobody wants to see that, but no. they could have. Uh, the good news is that while you watch the Saints next year, you'll have the beauty of being at a, a bar that is 40 yards long on either side of the Super Bowl. $450 million renovation. I looked at it. I, I don't really see what happened other than some escalators and some bars. Did you happen to look at those pictures? 40-yard bar. 40-yard bar. Two of them. Man. So Taysom Hill can throw a ball <laughs> the length of this the bar. bar. All right. <laughs> Very high in the air, but yes. Uh, I don't know. If the renovation just seems very odd to me. I don't really know what they've achieved. The, the Superdome, I, I don't think anyone's going to sit in their seat and feel any differently about the Superdome. The Superdome is just, I mean, I went to it, and the first time I went to the Superdome was in 1992, for the Miami Alabama Sugar Bowl. Sweet. And I saw The Rock play tight end. <laughs> nice. And every time I've gone in the Superdome since then, it has felt exactly the same. <laughs> 
Except <laughs> Ric Flair was not sitting next to me any other time that I went. True story. He autographed awesome. the ticket. That's awesome. He was in shitty seats. He was in really bad seats. <laughs> WCW was struggling. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess it's cool to have nicer or wider concourses or whatever, and it's definitely are needed. It's just the way they're talking about it. it when you think of putting $450 million in a stadium, you think you're going to get essentially a new stadium. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of money. It seems like a lot of money. And then you're like, what did you achieve? It's like, well, the concourses are wider and there's some more bars. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and there's some escalators. They've got and to guess, widen the concourse. Everybody's getting fatter. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the idea of continuing to like extend the life of the Superdome because I, I hate all these new stadiums. Mm-hmm. I think they're... They look the same. They're lifeless, and they're you know like the one in L.A. is like super cool or whatever. But it's like this is just the most sterile. Yeah, it's like an Apple store that has football at it. Exactly, and that's what the one in Nashville is going to look like, and that's what they're all going to start looking the same. And I just think that's going to be boring. So I like that they're doing this with the Superdome. It is just crazy to me. They've done this much work for four years, and I don't think there will be any difference when you actually sit down in your seat to watch the game. Well, there was a $200 million mayoral fee taken out of the 450. (laughs) She's like a project oversight manager. She's like, yeah, just make the bar uh, longer. How how much money got stolen from this project? I don't know. I mean, of 450, I think at least 300 just got taken. I hope it's not a Bud Light sponsored bar. (laughs) No, everyone stops drinking in Saints games. <laughs> it was $450 million when they started building it with Bud Light, and now it's about $68 million. We're going to be looking at the pets.com. And <laughs> the single-handedly Bud Light's you know, goal of getting market share back is just being like, all right, we're the only beer you're allowed to sell. We'll pay for the whole renovation of the <laughs> Superdome. But eventually, if they drink enough Bud Light at the Saints games, the Pavlovian response will be like, this is no longer gay. <laughs> Make the cans camo. That'll fix them. Uh, on that note, that'll take us to a little bit of a local breakdown. It's the It is you put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> you know, I try and learn something new every day. At uh, the ripe old age of 38, I, uh, I've still got a lot to learn, and, and I like to grow and expand my horizons mm. and just uh, be a sponge for knowledge. And I'm not alone in that. Uh, people my age, in fact, are posing as high school students uh-huh. in order to further their education. Yes. Uh, an adult who was 28 years old posed as a 17-year-old high school student in Hanville because she wanted to improve her English. She was attending classes for the last school year. <laughs> That's like the most altruistic reason to rip off the state I've ever heard of. It's like, this isn't... Is this that bad? <laughs> this shouldn't even be against the law. This should be fine. Yeah, you should. You could audit high school classes. <laughs> Maybe you could have like a free high school for adults. I'm sure they do have that. But let's see. A 28-year-old Honduran native accused of posing as a 17-year-old student and attending classes at Hanville last year did so to improve her English. 
St. Charles Parish Sheriff Greg Champagne said, He's other than big mad. <laughs> oh yeah. Other than allegedly submitting fraudulent documents to enroll, authorities said during a news conference Wednesday that they don't believe Martha several other names <laughs> committed to any other committed any other crimes or engaged in any inappropriate behavior involving students. Look, she just wants to go to school. I would love to go back to school yeah. if I could. Isn't that a Drew Barrymore uh, movie? Yeah. Right? Uh, she goes to high school again and like makes out with a guy even though she's like 12 years older than him. It's never been kissed. That sounds right. You want to watch it right now? Let's do a do live it. stream of it? Yeah. Pause the show. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll just talk to her. Comment, running commentary. I mean, this lady didn't do anything wrong. She wants to learn English. That's what... That's what sheriffs want. Sheriffs get furious when they see, like, press two for English. <laughs> this lady's trying to do by, do right by her country. Learning English in a Hanville seems like a really... Yeah. That's a misguided attempt of how to learn English is hanging out with other 17-year-olds in Hanville. It's always nice when a Honduran wants to sound like <laughs> Boomhauer. <laughs> and look, she wasn't like... She wasn't going to prom. She wasn't like making out with the math. Well, I guess she could make out with the math teacher. That'd sure, be fine. that'd be fine. Uh, Gutierrez and her mother were arrested Tuesday and booked with one count. Arrested for that? Yeah. What? They were using a counterfeit birth certificate from Honduras that identified. Gutierrez as being 17 years old. What an impossibly stupid. Because she had no transcript, she was placed in the ninth grade. I guess I just do that. <laughs> she was like, no, I assure you, I'm a senior. And they're like, nope, got to go to ninth grade. I have six kids. <laughs> they have detectives on this case examining documents. Who You're, cares? How much, how much manpower is going towards arresting a woman trying to learn English while probably saying words like bus and... <laughs> Slapstick. I don't know if they say slaps anymore. But they're, you know, people are getting their heads blown off every single day. Every car's been stolen. And we have CSI New Orleans looking at this Microsoft Word printed birth certificate for this lady. Listen, Martha, if you listen to the show, this is the best way you can learn English. I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah, just continue to listen to this show on repeat <laughs> on all of your devices using all the different streaming platforms. I feel like also at this point, you need to reevaluate the faculty at this school going, hey. <laughs> yeah, literally, they thought she was a freshman. Yeah. They she'd be 14 and she's 28. You know, like... What has to be going on? You didn't notice that the 14-year-old freshman was smoking menthol cigarettes? <laughs> Listening to Hoobas Tanks, The Reason. <laughs> Come on, guy. This is just a waste of time. But we do... Uh, we live in a lawless society. No. You know, the story's old at this point. Cedric Richmond uh, was not tested for alcohol in his system after mm. 
A uh, he crashed his Mercedes into a tree. Cedric Richmond was he worked for the Biden administration. He was just texting. Okay, <laughs> he was he was texting that Jared guy. <laughs> Saying, hey, what are you doing? You're too fucked up to drive. Yeah, he's like, just sleep it off at the Shell gas station in Gentilly. It's safe there. Get a diaper. <laughs> Well, this I, I feel like everybody knows about this story at this point, but there was an infographic with it that I wanted to talk about. DWI enforcement in yeah. New Orleans. In 2011, there were 1,319 DUI tickets or arrests. It would have been 1,320 if I hadn't sped off. <laughs> in the last... In 2022... That number plummeted from 1,319 to 69. Nice. That's... I can... If you just had me sit on St. Charles Avenue and just point at cars between midnight and 2 a.m. on any any night of the week, mm-hmm. I could find 70 cars. Absolutely. Who are driving drunk. It is impossible to not be able to do this. What is the justification for just not enforcing D- DUI is a serious law that uh, and the kind of law that actually, you know, helps people. It yeah. keeps the roads safe. Like that is a it seems like one of the more justifiable enforcement things that you can do like a proactive sense and they've just completely given up on it. Yeah, and people don't uh drink and drive once. It's a habit that people get into you know, they're like, I got away with it this night. I know this way to go home. And it's just, it, it keeps compiling with the lawlessness involving automobiles in the city. Yeah. And you're not just safe in a car. Like, people die in cars constantly. There are crashes, and it's all tied up with no license plates, no registration, nobody that even has a driver's license. And now you have people that are just wasted yeah. driving and no repercussions. And the numbers of crashes with fatalities or injuries where alcohol use is suspected has doubled since 2011. Oh, wow. So they suspect it, but are they doing anything about it? No. It is terrifying to drive around at night in New Orleans. It's terrifying to drive around at all in New Orleans. It is great. When you're like, like, so I got home from the uh, from Hattiesburg at 2 o'clock in the morning and driving that little stretch of the interstate in New Orleans, people are swerving all over the place. The, the speeds go up and down. You can literally see the light of people texting. Oh, yeah. There is no concern that anything bad is going to happen to you from the police. There will be absolutely zero intervention into your drinking, texting, and mm-hmm. smoking pot ways. Just drive around as you wish, and uh, we're unconcerned. Meanwhile, you could also get you know shot while you're driving around, too. So it is a, uh, a harrowing uh, experience to be in the vehicle uh, in New Orleans. Yeah, there is basically no way to get pulled over for anything yeah you should try we should just do a poke and cush experiment where we <laughs> physically try to see what we could do in order to get pulled over uh in new orleans maybe we, we could get like one of those like party buses that plays big frida and they're always like spray painted <laughs> and they never have they have a sunroof on a bus you know that kind of thing i bet we could just do donuts on bourbon street <laughs> Were the people doing donuts on the interstate? Did they catch those guys? No, and those guys like post about it on Instagram. <laughs> and they're, they're like, doing donuts. They're yeah. not going anywhere. By its very nature, they're not going anywhere. 
Yeah, and what sucks about this is people are going to read and go, well, I guess I don't have to get an Uber after all. <laughs> yes, and that I think that is the best part is the takeaway will not be like, wow, this is a huge problem. The takeaway is going to be like, well, I... <laughs> Phew! <laughs> Thank God, because yeah. I can save $18 the next time I go out. Yeah, I don't... I, I think just the fact that I don't know that many people have gotten DUIs is proof... <laughs> <laughs> that we are not stringent enough on giving them out. Yeah, they used to be checkpoints and all sorts of stuff. It was very much like a real thing. And well, now, now the checkpoints would just compile so much. You would get somebody. They would be. They would have broken out of jail. Yeah. They would have illegal firearms. They would have none of the stuff that they're supposed to have to be operating a vehicle. <laughs> and then, you know, the Barney Fife guy would be like, well, I guess I... <laughs> I guess I'll just arrest this guy, and then I won't be here, so there won't be a checkpoint anymore. <laughs> if there were, they did a checkpoint after the Cedric Richmond thing. It's like, a, see, we still we could do it. And what did they? What did they do? I'm sure they just waved at everybody as they went by, handed lollipops. And what happens with those is somebody find. I think they legally have to tell the public where they're doing it before it happens, and then everybody just everybody is on their phone while driving. <laughs> So then they look at Snapchat, I guess, and then see a message saying, don't go down St. Claude. There's, and they go, okay, thanks. Then <laughs> they just go another way. 69 DUIs in the whole city. You could catch that after one Saints game. Oh, yeah. I mean, like after after five minutes of one Saints game. You could you could get five after a live Polk and Kush show. <laughs> Anything else in the news this week? There was one thing that came up uh, right before we went to air. Maybe you saw it. Maybe you didn't. New Orleans mayor, team members, upgrade flights for Korea trip. No way. The no way. The city spent, and when I say the city, I mean the person listening to this. Yeah. People that work and live in Orleans Parish, you're paying for this. You are the city. The city spent more than $34,000 for the three flights combined. But at least we fixed climate change over there, right? Uh, I don't know if flying <laughs> first class around the globe helps with that too much, unless she like bought Al Gore's carbon credits. Uh, Latoya, an uh, NOPD officer who protects her, and a high-ranking staffer spent more than $34,000 in city money on airfare to go to South Korea last month for a climate change summit, of which Cantrell was the only U.S. mayor to attend. She's the president. <sighs> Apparently. <laughs> Hello, my name is Latoya. <laughs> I'm the president. <laughs> WDSU Investigates has also obtained records and receipts from the trip, which show Cantrell and the two others also upgraded their plane tickets to first class and business class, and a city hall spokesperson says they don't have to do shit. They don't have to reimburse the city for a penny. You should be lucky that Latoya is flying first class. Think of her mental safety. They sh there was a clip, I guess they asked her at a press conference, probably before they were escorted out uh, and thrown into jail with Noonie Man. They were like, why would you do that? She, uh, she said... I mean, she speaks in, like, Mad Libs. Yeah. It's like political Mad Libs. Yeah. 
it's Trumpian. It's just, it's just you didn't do the book report. And now you're up there trying to act like you read the old man in the sea. Exactly. Yes, that's a hundred percent the way. <laughs> it's like if I just cobble enough words and prepositions together. Eventually, I can stop talking. She was talking about like get like during COVID and like needing the mental and physical safety of first class. Bananas! Just don't go to Korea. How about that? Or go to Korea on Spirit Airlines. <laughs> just if you're so worried about that, like, just don't go. Obviously, no other mayor needed to go, so I don't think yeah. it was that critical. Did we solve anything? Has there been one thing fixed about it? I mean, it's just like she, the the level of just complete malevolence she has toward the community here is incredible. It's almost amazing she still does the press conferences. Yeah. Because she so obviously doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks. I think uh, she was over there making uh, Pyongyang a uh, sister city. <laughs> and then she realized that was in North Korea, North Korea and was like, well, I'm here. Yeah, I, I did get a tweet that said, in this situation, Greg, uh, communication director Gregory Joseph tells WDSU, no reimbursement will be made because the flight was longer than 10 hours. What, what kind of kabuki theater is that? That's, Where you can, once the flight is long enough and the upgrade is expensive enough, then it's all free. <laughs> that makes no sense. And this article says it's not known why Joseph went on the trip. <laughs> but in a phone interview, he said it's common practice for a member of the mayor's communications team to travel with her. That I believe they're like no, don't no, no we gotta get somebody right now. Yeah, no, your job is to just jump in front. Don't get involved in the bathroom fight after her sixth drink. You've got to like be the person like haranguing her back. I they must be like going to the airport and saying I would like to go <laughs> to South Korea today. What do you what do you have? Twelve thousand. I could get to South Korea. <laughs> Two weeks from now for fourteen hundred bucks, guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, the, the it's not their money. They don't care. They were booked on May twelfth, and the summit was May twenty fourth. So, you ever booked a flight twelve days before to Korea? Oh my god! Well, I'm glad she was there. I'm glad she was there so that she saved our coastal wetlands. <laughs> she did it all herself. Thank goodness. We did it, everybody. We did it. Polk and Kush has solved climate change. Uh, and we thank you all very much for being here, for listening, for continuing to hang with us, even though the shows are uh, a little spaced out now. Thank you all very much. We love you. Please reach out to at Polk and Kush on Twitter. Email us, as always, polkandkush at gmail.com with any feedback that you might have. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And see ya.